Hello everyone, uh, yeah, my name is Steve Wiley, uh, privileged to be joining you uh, like this this morning as on Easter Sunday. As Rich might have mentioned, uh, I recently had an encounter with God which uh, he and the other elders felt was significant uh, so that I could share with you today. Um, this isn't going to be a standard video message, uh, so the sorts of addresses that you've had from Rich and Dan um, in the last few weeks, this is going to be a little bit different, um, but that's because I'm not Rich, I'm not Dan, I'm not an elder, and so they've asked me to have a go, so I'm just going to do it Steve style. Um, so you might want to put your notebooks down, and normal service will be resumed next week. So, uh, video messaging is a little bit weird, this is my first one. Um, so let me just introduce you uh, to my bedroom, this is... Uh, this is it, this is probably the only room in the house which had a blank wall um, so that it wasn't easy to distract you while I'm talking. Uh, I've also had to rig up some kind of weird, unique camera stand uh, so that you can get a feel for what I'm looking at um, rather than all you get to see is this. Uh, take a look at this, this is the camera stand uh, which I'm looking at. It wasn't easy to uh, rig something up at the right height but a, a packet of much sought after toilet rolls came to the rescue. Uh, that, along with a kids Ikea table, propped up by a couple of books from the Marriage Life group last year. Special thanks to Nick and Sarah for those. That course just keeps on giving. So uh, yeah, thanks very much. Alright, let's crack on. Uh, first up, quick message for the children. Children, are you listening? Can you look at me? If you've got something in front of you, try and put it down for a sec. Okay kids, look. Uh, you might find it helpful to draw um, while someone's talking, that's fine. You might even have an Easter colouring sheet that's been sent to you, which is fantastic. Uh, if you don't have those things, or even if you do, then why don't you have a look at the screen now, because there's something which might help you uh, to listen and remember what we're talking about. So have a look at on the screen now. Because today, we're going to look at what it means for you and me that Jesus is alive. Now you can see from this picture, that the cross where Jesus died is empty and there's a bright shining light coming out of the tomb which has the stone rolled away. So if you find it helpful to draw as you listen then you might want to draw something like this. But please do try and listen out if you can because there is lots that will help you today. And also look out kids for special guests. You're going to see some of the kids life group leaders today but not in a way you've seen them before. Also, my new baby son, Isaac, he becomes a YouTube star today. He's going to make a guest appearance, so stay tuned for that. But as I was saying, this is not a normal Sunday message, uh, but we will be looking at the Bible. So if you have a Bible to hand and you want to turn and get ready, we're going to have a look at John chapter 20, verses 1 to 10. But first up, let me share with you why, why it's me standing speaking to you today. On the 11th of March this year, I was driving to work, just like any other day, and I found driving on my own uh, a really helpful way that I can spend time with God. I can sing, I can listen, I can pray. Um, and on this particular day, the Easter celebration events were in my heart. Now this is before they were cancelled, before the whole COVID-19 thing. So I'm in the car, and I'm just praying about that while worship music was playing. Now, the song that comes on, I've heard many, many times, I've sung it loudly. Uh, the singer uh, is declaring that since God has found him, he doesn't live the same as everyone else. 
he holds his head higher. He, uh, he now knows that earth is not his home. And no matter what trouble comes, he finds peace and joy in Jesus because his hope is fixed on being with God forever. He sings of no longer being an orphan because he is the child of the Father. Uh, he is in no doubt about who he is because it's the grace of God who defines him. And I often be singing along with this saying, yes, God, amen, that's me. And um, then a part of the song comes on and I felt God asking me, is that you? Sometimes we sing songs without stopping to listen to the words, don't we? And well, it was listening time for me and I could strongly feel that God was asking me to be a gospel preacher and to do that at the Easter service, not just to pray about it, but just to do it. Now for me, uh, preaching is something I've done a few times in the past, but every time I do it, I always end up in a battle with my own thoughts and I'm full of fears. Is it prepared enough? Um, does it do the Bible justice? Is it what God wants me to say? And do I know enough about the Bible in the first place? Have I said the wrong thing? Could I have done that better? Have I communicated what I wanted to do in the first place? And I generally feel um, underprepared, under-equipped for the task. And I, I, over, I overthink the whole thing. Uh, and it becomes exhausting. So I don't do it. And God knows this. Uh, obviously he does. But it felt like he was asking me to preach. Um, so I do a Gideon. And I pray back to God. I say, God, me? Oh, please, really? It's like, you know why I don't preach? And then I said to God, God, please, just let me continue to sit in the shadows. And I couldn't believe that those words came out of my mouth. I was like, shadows? And then I suddenly got all competitive, and I was like, I'm not sitting in the shadows. I'm not going to be stuck in the shadows. Who's putting me? No one's putting me in the shadows. What am I doing in the shadows? I'm getting all bullshit and then I'm realizing actually I have been putting me in the shadows and it felt like God was calling me out into the light. But it still felt like a big ask. So uh, again, uh, like Gideon, I just I said, God, you know this is huge for me. This is not something I do lightly. I'm going to need some confirmation. I'm sorry, God, I think I hear you, but I, I need confirmation. And that was it. I left it. Anyway, 30 minutes later, I uh, get a random WhatsApp message from my sister-in-law. So she says, uh, hey Steve, how are you? Uh, I was praying for you this morning and I felt this verse might be for you. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. She goes on to say, I'm not sure if it's relevant to anything particular, but I thought I'd send it to you just in case. So I told this story to the elders, and as we know, annoyingly for me, uh, we've got a group of elders that want to help people grow in God. So long story short, here I am. So I am coming to you today with a lot of humility and a lot of weakness. Uh, this preacher's not going to be perfect, <laughs> but God has said it's going to come with his power. God wants to draw us all out into the light. And I am just one example. He knows what you're going through. He knows your internal battles. And maybe at the moment, 
especially in this circumstance, you're feeling like all your weaknesses are on full display and it's uncomfortable. He's asking you to trust him. He's asking you to take a step of faith. Give it over to him and he'll do the rest. So together, let's raise our expectations today. This is Resurrection Sunday. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in me, lives in you. If you believe in him, his power lives in you. Kids, listen kids, if you believe in Jesus, the power that raised him from the dead lives in you. That's the power that we're talking about today. That's the power that we're expecting on Resurrection Sunday. We're coming before a God who can do immeasurably more than we can ask of or imagine. So let's open ourselves up to him. Let's all be listening out for what he might be saying to us. If you can get some kind of control over your environment while you're listening to this, please do. And I'm preaching to myself as well. So all the way through this, you're going to feel me get passionate because I'm preaching to myself. I need to hear it. You need to hear it. We all need to hear the gospel, especially on Easter Sunday. So let's take a look at John chapter 20, verses 1 to 10, and see what God's going to say. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. So there's two main bits I want us to get from this passage. And the first bit is all about seeing. So we read in verse 1, it says the stone had been removed from the entrance. Now I just want to point out the obvious. But it's important. The stone was not removed so that Jesus could get out. Okay? So Jesus, being uh, God, with God, from beginning and before the creation of the world, uh, he's got quite a lot of power. He did not need the stone to be removed so that he could get out of the tomb. The stone was removed so that you and I can look in. God wanted people to see that Jesus was who he said he was. We read later in John and the other Gospels that Jesus physically reappears and shows himself to people. We'll look at that. But at this point in the story, all we have is a moved stone showing an empty tomb and grave clothes. And we see it through the eyes of Mary, then John, then Simon Peter. They're our eyewitnesses. So they, like us, were being invited to look in and see the first evidence of the fulfillment of God's promises. The second part of this passage, which I feel is important for us to look at, is all about believing. 
Remember that Jesus told his disciples many times and in many different ways, just like in Matthew uh, chapter 16, 21, which come up on your screen. Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. But after Jesus was killed, we read in John's Gospel that the disciples seem to be in isolation. We know exactly how that feels, right? They're all in their homes on some kind of, I don't know, spiritual lockdown. Even after they had witnessed all the signs, all the wonders, all the miracles firsthand from Jesus. They'd seen him declare himself as the Messiah, the promised Son of God, the one who's going to restore his people. But yet when he dies, they forget what Jesus had said, their heads are down. They couldn't believe it. So how do we believe? Okay, kids. Right. Kids, you listening? Children, let me have your attention. Look at this strange guy on the screen. Right. Take a look at your screens now. This is how you should cross the road, okay? With an adult, we stop, we look, and we listen. It's especially as important as some people drive electric vehicles that don't make any noise. Now... Kids, I was telling a story earlier of when God asked me to stop, to look at him, to listen to what he was saying. And here in today's Bible story, in the, in the passage of John, we see God trying to get the attention of Mary, Simon Peter and John. But only one of these people stopped, looked and listened. Who do you think it was? Let's see. Let's have a look at the first slide. This is Mary. She's the first person to stop at the tomb. So she gets a tick for that. So she looks in because she's shocked that Jesus' body has gone. So she gets a tick for that. But in this version of the story, she didn't listen to God. She just couldn't see anything except what was stopping her anointing Jesus' body with spices. Next, this is Simon Peter. He doesn't stop. He can't stop. He's running so fast, he goes straight into the tomb, pushing past John on the way in. He's at full speed. He's like a bull in a china shop. But does he look? Yes, he does. He sees Jesus' grave clothes, and they look like they've never even been worn. But does he listen? No, he doesn't. He's too rushed. He's too confused. He goes home, seeing that Jesus' body is gone, but not believing that Jesus is alive. Finally, here's John. This is someone who Jesus loved very much, and John loved Jesus too. John won the running race with Peter, and he got to the tomb before him. But the Bible tells us that he stopped outside. Tick for John. The Bible also tells us that he bent down to look inside to see the grave clothes, but he did not go in straight away. So another tick for John. Because John took his time to stop, look, he had time to think, which helped him to listen. In verse 8, the Bible tells us, finally, John also went inside. He saw and believed. Because John listened to God, he was the only one that could really see what God wanted to show everyone that Jesus was alive again.
We can learn a lot from John, especially during this strange season where we can't do what we want to do. Indeed, it seems the Queen of England is learning from John. Actually, I should say Queen of the United Kingdom. She was on telly just a few days ago, just encouraging us to get through this season. You know, and she used the words that she felt it was important for us to pause and reflect. Very similar to what John did as he was reviewing the facts inside the tomb. Maybe you recognise yourself as a Mary, you know, someone who's task-focused, who's used to going from job to job to job, and maybe you're struggling to cope now because you can't do your volunteering or your working or your shopping or socialising or browsing, travelling, gardening, DIY, whatever. If you've lost your focus, then it's time to refocus on the one that matters. It's time to stop, to look and to listen. Maybe you're more of a Peter. Maybe you're a go-getter, a builder, an achiever, a doer. Someone that makes things happen. Well, how are you coping when circumstances stop you doing that? Stop you being who you think you are? Again, it's for you to stop, to look, to listen, to refocus and ground yourself on who matters. That's what we all need to do at this time. We need to remember who we are what our purpose is, but more importantly, who our God is and what he has done for us. God wants us all to see and believe in him, either for the first time or for the millionth time. You know, they say seeing is believing. And true enough, Jesus did reveal himself physically to his disciples. Let's read Luke uh, chapter 24, verse 36 to 49. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands, look at my feet. It's, it is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it, because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened, his, opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Jesus really did come back from the dead. He is the promised Messiah who has unlocked the only way for us to know God. All we need to do is repent, turn away from living from ourselves and follow him. Notice how it's saying in verse 45 that Jesus opened their minds so that they could understand scriptures. The scriptures that had been pointing to Jesus for hundreds of years, but the disciples couldn't see it. Let's be asking God to do the same for us. 
open our minds so that we can understand the Bible more. And let's not let our lack of understanding in the Bible stop us from following Jesus. Let's remember that when John entered the tomb, his faith grew right there based on the resurrection, based on what he saw before his mind was opened by Jesus. God's word is essential to knowing and growing in God, but don't let your lack of understanding discourage you from living out your faith. Ask him, open your mind, and he will do it. Let's also be encouraged what it says in John 20, 29. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That's us. We've not physically seen Jesus, but he's alive. He's alive in this world today by his spirit, just as much as he was when he was physically here, teaching and preaching. He now does that through me and through you. So believing in God requires some action from us, some obedience, stepping out into what he has for each of us. But because the resurrection of Jesus uh, brings a call to action every day for everyone, it means that we all need to get moving. Jesus is alive, so everything he said and did is now packed with power and significance and can be completely life-changing if we take steps of faith. We need to be brave enough to respond in our own hearts and get our spirits moving so that the risen Jesus can help us to see him and believe in him regardless of our circumstances or how we might feel. And in my case today, how weak or under-equipped I might feel. There is power available to live this life of faith. We need to remind ourselves of the truth. We press on towards the goal. Because of his great love for us, Jesus came to the sinful world to redeem us. Emmanuel, God with us, to live a perfect life, to show us who God is. To show us that despite our sinful, selfish, corrupt minds, there is a way to be reunited with God. There is a purpose for your life. And Jesus is calling you. He's calling you out of the boat amidst the storm, amidst the wind and the waves. Let's take his hand. Let's be water walkers. Let's arm ourselves with the truth and shut out the lies that silence us and push us into the shadows. You are a child of God. You have been redeemed at great cost. Jesus has fought, died and been resurrected for you. He is the trailblazer that goes before you to make a place for you in heaven. There is a future hope for everyone who believes in Jesus and all it requires, faith. Being born again, turning away from our old way of doing things and putting our faith in God, our Heavenly Father, who knew you before the world began and who is calling out to you, come home! And if you are already with him and for him, then he's calling out to you, wake up, listen, come on, let's keep going. And he's going to get my final special guest to illustrate about being born again. So this is Isaac, born just a few weeks ago, fearfully and wonderfully made, touching my face. God has made him inside his mother's womb. We know that God has great plans for him, plans that will prosper him, not harm him. But we also know that the only reason 
that Isaac has been born into this world is to know his heavenly father. That's it. Isaac is physically alive now, but he's not spiritually awake. He's been born into a world that's full of sin. And that's not his fault. But he can't know God and fulfill his purpose without being born again. Without God waking him up on the inside. Kids, adults, are you awake on the inside? Have you asked God to wake you up on the inside? For Jesus to be your best friend so that you can follow him and live the purpose that you've been made for? That you were born for? I'm finishing this talk in just a few minutes. Afterwards, why don't you speak with someone who's next to you so that you can find out more of what, what it lives, what it means to live for God. I'm wearing a t-shirt here which has got the four most important things in the world. God loves me. I have sinned. Jesus died for me and rose again. So I now have a decision to make. We all have a decision to make. We have all been born, but we all need to be born again. I'm just going to put him back into his cup. So it's time. It's time for us to believe again. It's time for us to, to move, to get going, to show this world that the Heavenly Father has sent Jesus, that the King has come. For now, we're aliens and strangers in this land. This is not our home. Jesus is calling us home. But we are called to live in this world, but not be a part of it. Jesus is the hope for the nations. And he's building his church. He's using you. He's using me. And our mustard seed sized faith. He's using us to smash and grab the enemy's kingdom. To pull people free. And to let them see what we often take for granted. God never sleeps and never slumbers. He's always at work. The harvest is out there and he's equipping us. He's equipping us, me and you, to bring people in. The living hope that we often take for granted is a precious pearl of great value. Let's remind ourselves of the great cost that Jesus paid to win our freedom. Let's remind ourselves of his great love and power, death could not hold him and now his spirit is alive in us and at work in this world calling everyone to turn from living from themselves and to see that there is one way one life one truth one hope which is full of redemptive power and gifts to equip us for the journey of faith let's not leave a legacy on this earth for ourselves let everything we are point to jesus Let's encourage one another with powerful truths and remember that his love and faithfulness has no end. That he will never leave nor forsake us. That we are more than conquerors. If God is for us, then who can be against us? Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry on unto completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Let's not live for what we see or feel. We're called to live by faith. We believe that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nothing is impossible for our God. Do we believe that? Yet in his grace, if we fall, if we shrink back, if we have unbelief, if we become fearful or timid, if we lose our way and stray from the truth, we know 
that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all righteousness. So in the battles for our brains, let's endeavour to fix our minds on heavenly things. Doubts, cynicism, depression, discounting ourself, disbelief, it destroys our faith. It's time for the master builder to resurrect you, resurrect me and build again on solid foundations that he has already laid. All through the amazing grace that is sustaining us every day, you are not defined by your circumstances. You're not defined by what you have done or by what has been done to you. You are defined as a child of God by the maker of heaven and earth, the one who has been with you every step of your life, whether you've been aware of it or not. There is new life. There is new hope. There is new courage for you in Jesus. And I pray today that you experience new power. Today is Resurrection Sunday. It's a time for us to see and believe in Jesus and his promises over you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your grace given to us freely in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your power. We thank you that you are with us always, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. I thank you, God, that you are capable of doing immeasurably more than I could ask or imagine. And I thank you, God, for ambushing my commute to work and showing me that I should not be sitting in the shadows. We, your children, are called to be children of light. So I pray now, O oh God, to anyone listening to this message, I pray by the power of your spirit, beckon us forward to follow you by faith, to believe again that you are on the move, that you are a God who cares, that you don't just sit idly back and watch. You are here with us, hand in hand, working together, father and child. Oh God, come, I pray, and bring new life today. For the first time, let people see you. Jesus, let people see you. Your grace, your forgiveness, your freedom. Let chains be bound, I pray, in Jesus' name. And Father, for all of us who believe, help us to keep believing. Help us to kick on and believe again. Help us to step out in giftings which have been lying dormant. Help us, oh God, by your spirit to fan into flame the gift of faith which is in us, oh God. Rekindle your church, we pray, across the world. In this time, Lord, where many of us are looking at ourselves, help us to look to you. Help us to stop, to look and to listen and believe again. Amen. Oh,